0: welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. Uh, Today, we're going to do a little something that we've never really done before, Nate. Um, You know, we're going to have to talk about something that we said on a previous podcast, and uh, we're going to own up to something (laughs) when I say we. Well, yeah. Let's be clear. It's it's more specifically me. (laughs) Um, So, Let's go back to, it was about, I think it was about a year ago. Um, We ruffled some feathers. You might have ruffled some feathers. Uh, We threw a little bit of shade out there. And so (laughs) it was uh, regarding um, the holiday season and Christmas lights. And uh, we're going to play a little bit of a a clip and to set this up, uh, you know, we're talking a little bit about um, hiring out services to, uh, put up Christmas lights. And so we'll, we'll begin this, uh, right now with, with the be, the beginning part of, uh, our discussion. Hit it, Danny, because it's a little bit inside. I'll just call him, uh, let's see, we're going to call him world's favorite wholesaler. Um, uh, yes. and so he, this year got, uh, the service oh, that, yeah, that actually right. put it up. So you gotta like, this is kind of a racket, but what what are your thoughts on those?
1: So that, that's one of the clips that we have from the, uh, the podcast last year uh, titled, Dan, help us out. The, what, what is the title of, of that? If people want to reference the entire video clip. Yeah, it's Season of Hope season of hope podcast. And so that, that was kind of a uh, nice name. That a, that is a <laughs> Were you with us
0: name. at that time? Did you do that? <laughs> yeah, one? No, that wasn't me. That was the other marketing guy that you guys hired. <laughs> that would be, no,
1: that'd be, uh,
2: that'd be me. But what a clarification.
1: Okay. What was that last year? Or was it two years ago? No, that was last that year. That was, was last year. Uh,
2: December 1st, 2020.
1: December 1st, 2020. Okay. Wow. So, uh,
0: yeah, that was, <laughs> that was the topic of the day. And, um, well, apparently i I had a fairly strong stance on this. Uh, Dan, let's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, uh, <laughs>
1: Well, I guess let's just play the audio and let's see where it goes. Right, so you say I really value the Christmas holiday and the Christmas season and I want my house to look phenomenal and that okay. Well, you're going to have a higher appetite or a, or a larger appetite I should say for a bill like that. I
0: I mean no. No. I won't either. No I'm way. like I'll just I'll just wrap like, the trees no. and they won't be perfect. It'll be fine like i i like throwing a little bit of it but i'm not i'm not gonna go to that level
1: so it's pretty clear i mean i suppose you could read that different ways um probably have to admit that that we were both strongly against it
0: i would say so um and uh so there's a new development this year
1: within the last very week
0: is this right yeah okay um I'm going to get some Christmas lights for my house and I'm going to get a service to put them up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, it it turns out that uh, my friend uh, mm-hmm. might've been right about this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, I kind of looked at the fact, first of all, I can't do, Myself, what I think I, I, you know, my wife and I wanted to do. So we right. wanted to put up, right. wanted to get up to the peaks. Know your limitations. And I do not, I mean, I suppose I have the ability to go up to the top of the peaks and, and string lights. Uh, I don't think that I could. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's. Yeah. tall. I have a two story house. Do you so. even have a ladder that goes that high?
1: I mean, you, you need like serious equipment to make that stuff happen.
0: I, perhaps. Okay. I mean, usually. Usually, when I'm putting them up on the garage and stuff, I can get it up. But then, when I go to the other peaks, yeah, I usually have my friend down the road. Oh, like okay, he goes sure. up onto the yeah. roof and he does some of the peaks. But we n- we never get up to the high high peaks. You know, sure. you can't. Yeah, right. And uh, I don't. I'm not willing to because I'm frankly I'm I'm afraid of that sort of height. I yeah. think that I don't want to die. So um, I will say this, uh, you know, because we are made accountable for our own actions. Uh, so. <laughs> I'm using a pseudonym here, but uh, Bill Clickwood. I would say uh, I apologize, and you were right.
1: And it was it was not <clears throat> under any influence, any outside influence, for us to make this ad, um, admission of guilt. That nobody pushed us to make this happen, or or said that we should rectify this situation. This is all us uh, calling ourselves out.
0: Well, except for Bill Clickwood said to me like <laughs> directly, like, "Hey, you said in a prior podcast that." You would never do this. And he was lull, all in my face about it.
1: No, so. I think we did this all of our own choosing. It's, this, this is why we did this.
0: So He wasn't and insistent at all that we uh, clear his name. Set and the record straight. Set the record straight. <laughs> yeah. And I will. I will. Although I would say a, a little open interpretation.
1: Right. I think, again, I think you can you, uh, first of all, we don't even know if that was us on that audio. That could have been two other people. We it's don't true. know. I mean, it. Could yeah. have been John and Keith. Sure. Yeah,
2: absolutely. You're right. Could have been Dan.
1: We don't AI, know.
0: AI has come a long way. They can I mean, do
2: hey. deep fakes of audio now. The thing.
1: So for whatever that's worth, that's that's our uh, um, wrapping up that uh, little Christmas present for our
0: uh, beloved friend. And uh, Hannah thought we were totally in the wrong too. So for the oh, record. that was that too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. well,
1: well okay. there you go. Fine. So on to bigger and better things. Uh Uh, And and, and, uh, uh, an aptly way to describe that bigger indeed, if you look at where Bitcoin is now trading.
0: Yeah. So I'd like to thank, first of all, um, one of our clients for asking for a little bit of a breakdown on uh, crypto. Yeah. And where we stand on things. Um, Yeah. I mean, holy cow. uh, You know, where do we stand? So, you know, it's really funny that it seems like every time one of these big guys goes out there and says something negative about Bitcoin, it just goes higher. So... I believe it was last week, maybe the week before, uh Jamie Dimon. Yeah. pretty famous for running uh, JP Morgan. Um you know, he said uh yeah, I think Bitcoin's basically worth zero. <laughs> sure enough, we have we've been flying uh over what is it now? It's over 60. Uh, I mean, it's 62 this morning like 63, 63
2: 225 as of this podcast.
1: Wow. Okay, so it's even up cuz I looked at it literally 20 minutes ago and it was down like 6 6 and a quarter percent for the day. And it was still at like sixty two five or something. So, is it? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Daniel. Well, yeah, it's it's come back a little bit. So not it's down now five point four for the day sixty sixty three two. Um, I mean it was thirty thousand what? Not, I mean not too long, literally ago. like a few months ago, right? Am I? I mean
0: yeah, somewhere I mean in that neighborhood. It, you know, it, it appeared that that we were going through a pretty major correction in uh, just about all the cryptocurrencies, and part of this was. Um, driven to uh, with China getting a little bit uh, more restrictive on uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin specifically. And uh, you know it was a situation where where people were saying, hey, is there really a use case for um, these cryptocurrencies? And that happened for a while. We, we saw a pretty massive correction. And then all of a sudden it's been lit on fire again. And, you know, I'm trying to come up with the exact reasoning behind it or w- what I think is the reasoning behind it. And I, one of those things is that, uh, you know, I do think that Bitcoin has somewhat replaced gold as that sort of safe haven asset, that alternative asset. And if, if you kind of look at where we're at in the cycle, I mean, the anticipation for inflation uh, is real. Um, We are seeing inflation. Uh, There's a big debate whether or not it's transitory or permanent. We've talked ad nauseum about it. You know, I think the truth is somewhere in between. Probably we have some inflation that will fall off and some that will be fairly permanent. And so we're going to see, you know, what it shakes out there. And I think one of the safe haven asset classes there that people perceive, um, and I don't think it's a safe haven asset at all, but uh, people are, are flocking to cryptocurrencies. And then the other thing that's a big piece of this and I think has been driving uh, the rates of return up is that it has finally become available in ETF form. Now, it's not quite buying Bitcoin. I do anticipate that to occur in other cryptocurrencies to end up getting folded into an ETF in some way, shape or form. But the first Bitcoin futures ETF has begun trading uh, it to massive volumes. So there's obviously interest in this. And uh, it's a way that you can get uh, exposure to that, at least a form of uh, cryptocurrency, and so that I think has also led to um, the thought that this is going to, you know, be more and more accepted in the investing community, and therefore been driving the price a bit.
1: Yeah, I think early on, and it's just simply because these two things somewhat um, kind of paralleled themselves or happened. Simultaneously, and, and that's part of the reason why people tie them together. But I think it was very easy to look at the Bitcoin and cryptos of the world and tie them in, in with the, uh, you know, GameStop-esque trades of, of uh, you know, recent past in terms of, you know, super speculative, you know, there's nothing there, you're literally just trading on momentum. And that's, that's not the case, um, you know, GameStop, was all of those things. Um, just a, a not a glitch in the market necessarily, but you would call it, um, you know, the best case scenario, you would say it was a, uh, you know, a phenomenon, but that's not even really the right way to say it. Bitcoin is not that. I mean, Bitcoin will be here five to 10 years from now. It's just the matter of what form it will be in and what it will look like. But I mean, far be it for me to say Jamie Dimon is wrong, but this idea that it's worth zero is... Uh, I mean, to me, it, 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 it's a way to be able to grab a headline and have Jamie's Jamie Diamond's name attached to it is, is what it is. I mean, it's kind of a silly thing to say. I mean, it's clearly not worth zero. Okay, so I mean, I don't know if he's making a prognostication that in a period of time it will be worth zero, but it's the idea that it's a fad or that it's you know a fly by night thing. I, I think to this point, it's proven that it's not. Now that's not to say that it won't go back down to fifteen thousand because it easily could. But it's the idea that it's just
0: going to not be here in six months is kind of silly. Well, and there's so many different coins out there, too. And, you know, I, I do think that out of all of this, we're seeing that decentralized finance is here to stay. It just will morph into a, a different thing that we don't even recognize five to 10 years from now. And it's moving so quickly. And, you know, people are trying to figure out how to use, you know, the blockchain along with these cryptocurrencies together. And they're trying to figure out, you know, how to develop, um, you know, new sorts of of investments or products or, you know, like, for example, NFTs um, are a great example of that. Uh, You know, a few years ago, no one really knew what a non-fungible token is. And now, you know, people are collecting, um, you know, NBA top shots and collecting these NFTs and they have... A tangible value to them, or at least they have value right now. And people are selling artwork and all of these digital sort of things. Um, and for somebody that might be a baby boomer, they might go, this doesn't make any sense to me. I don't actually own anything physical. You know, it's just a, a digital asset. But for somebody that's, you know, 25 years old, they may very well understand uh, why these digital assets are so important and important to them personally you know, if you, if you think about a lot of these video games where, you know, people are able to play inside of certain, um, video games and have their own, uh, you know, what they call skins and they all have their own like outfits and things like that, that they've accrued and purchased. And, um, you know, throughout the time, those are their own assets really inside of these games and, um, people treat it as such, they treat it as something that is indeed tangible. So, um, you know, a lot of people don't understand that, but it doesn't matter whether you understand it or not. It just means that it's going to be here to stay and it has some sort of value. It's just going to be like, does it have value to other people? And um, is it scarce? And is it going to increase or decrease in value? So um, I think that all of these things lead back to one thing, and that is that you know, it's an extremely speculative area. It's an extremely new area, and it's very hard to determine what, um, the true value is of any of these. And that's why you see the volatility we see.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's, let's talk about a couple, what, at least in my head are certainties about these things, right? So let's kind of go back to what Clint was saying. First of all, we're still going to be using cash, paper cash, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years from now. So so? like, yeah, for sure. No, I don't think so. It's going to be there in some form because this stuff just doesn't move that fast. We think it moves fast, right? But it doesn't move that fast. Now, will it be the, the, um, uh, you know, the way it is now? No, significantly less people will use cash. People still use paper checks. I mean, I'm pretty sure that you can still use Western Union and, and, and do, you know, like I I think you can actually still get traveler's checks if you want them. So, I mean, these things will still be around. Now, will they be antiquated? Yeah, probably. But the idea that they're just going to be gone, I don't know. That, that's a huge, huge societal switch that I don't know that necessarily happens.
0: Dan, do you know what a traveler's check is? No. There's zero chance
1: Danny knows what
2: a traveler's check is. <laughs> I know is. what a money order that, is. That's he, about it. Yeah, okay. No, right, traveler's so check. Okay. Yeah. Been to a grocery <laughs> store, you know? <laughs>
0: I mean, a traveler's check was nice. That was good. Like, if yeah, and overseas,
2: like,
1: you would take your traveler's check. Sure, checks. exactly. And so you so so it, it, it just because this stuff takes a long time doesn't mean that it's like any less powerful, powerful or or it won't ultimately be, you know, the thing that we that we uh, kind of look to as the de facto currency in 30 years. But to assume that everything else will go by the wayside is that's I, I have a hard time seeing that. I think that what's interesting about Bitcoin is that I tie it to when like debit cards became very popular, right? So you look back, there were, there were times where we didn't have debit cards, right? I mean, think about that. It's hard for us to think about like that. But there, were, debit cards are not that old, relatively speaking, okay? And so the idea that you even have debit cards and then what places would take them. And remember, I mean, time machines where you would go and actually pull money out, was a very very popular thing right an atm machine when's the last time you've used an atm machine
0: it's been i mean i used it probably a month ago oh wow yeah. look at going this. to a burrs
2: game needed money for uh, parking cash
0: i think that That's i've used uh okay. i think i've used an atm less than 10 times this year okay probably five or six
1: when's the last time you've written a check
0: Ooh. okay i think i think we have written a check maybe once or twice this year yeah, Any, Have you ever written a check? Yeah, I had to write checks for rent for
2: oh, a long sure. time. Landlords are behind the yeah behind the game.
0: So that that's the, kind of
1: illustrates the point of like, you know, so while I don't think it's going to slow down Bitcoin, I think Bitcoin will continue, and, and it's still whatever it morphs into, right? And so there were things that were popular by way of, of financial technological uh, items and, and, uh, tools 20 years ago, that just kind of fell by the wayside. They just didn't end up panning out and, but, but the evolution of the currency and and capital system still moves forward. So this is, you are seeing this moving forward. This will be here. So this idea that it's just a fad is is silly. What's different about this one though, is this isn't, this isn't just a technological advance in finance or in how we, how we use the currency system. This has a value, therefore it has a gambling aspect to it, i.e. investing, gambling, however you want to look at it. And that changes every second when you look at it on our phones. So that makes us a whole different animal because this isn't just like an evolution of, technolo- or of technology and how it then overlays onto society. This though has a value to it, which is very difficult for people to get their arms around because what is $1 worth, paper dollar in your wallet? It's worth a dollar. There's no nobody argues that it's not worth 99 cents one day and a dollar and one cent the next day. It's worth a dollar. That's what it is. Now, inflation and all that has purchasing power, obviously, but this is way different. This is way different. One Bitcoin can be worth significantly different at 8 a.m. than it is worth at 4 p.m. that that afternoon. That's a different animal. This is this is that's
0: why people I think are looking at this and are so have a hard time getting their head around it. It's because it was presented as a currency, and really, right. it's just. This is like, right? if you watched your stock, if you watched your, I'll just throw any stock out there. If you watched your um, Cisco stock throughout the day and you were using it to buy stuff, you know, and then you're just watching it during right. the day and then you, you got to, okay, I got to sell some of my Cisco stock to buy something. Right. It's just super weird. Like, yes. how would you plan out your day? How would you plan out how you purchase that? What did the GameStop guys call it? Stocks? Stonks. Stonks. Come Stonks
2: on. listed or existed long, long ago. That's true. They predated GameStop. Wow. wow. Okay.
0: And also, um, you know, I did read that the meme trades have, uh, I just read this morning that the meme trades are significantly down. So the whole like Wall Street bets thing, you know, all yep. the meme stocks that that started to get out, but you can see where Bitcoin's going. So perhaps there's a rotation into these sorts of, of things. Um, you know, maybe, well, eventually I think at the stock market, you kind of see fundamentals catch up. You know, I don't know what the fundamentals are around Bitcoin and what, what it's correlated to. Sometimes it's correlated to the S&P and then it decouples from that and then other right. times it um, kind of seems to couple up a little bit more to inflation or volatility. But right. so, I, you know, I think it's a pretty non-correlated when you're all at, it's at the end of the day, it's fairly non-correlated and it has some intrinsic value, but it, it, I don't know if it has I don't know what its fundamental value is.
1: Right, and I, so you mean you you hit the nail on the head with <clears throat> exactly where the where it gets cloudy for people which is it is at its core an investment it's not a currency at its core at its core it's an investment because the value of said investment changes you know hundreds of times a day that in and of itself makes it an investment so these people that claim that it's only a currency that that's not right a currency is a the fundamental uh um Characteristic of a currency is that it has stable valuation that is widely accepted amongst everybody that uses it. I.e., a dollar in my wallet equals the exact same dollar in your wallet. Well, you don't carry cash, but I mean exactly. that's 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 the idea, right? So that you can't tell me that Bitcoin's a currency. It's not a currency. It's a way to buy things. Yes. That's not the definition of a currency. A currency within any civilization is it has these tenants of an acceptable, agreed upon, you know, value that does not change, or if it changes, it changes, you know, very infrequently, very, very infrequently, right? We used to have a $2 bill. Can you still get, Danny, did you know that we used to have $2 bills? Yeah. Yeah. I've worked uh, a
2: cash register in my day, you know? What? Where? Some Prairie Family Aquatic Center. What? (laughs) 2010 to 11 or something A lot of people
1: rolling into the Sun Prairie pool with $2 bills. You would be surprised.
2: It's little kids that find uh, money laying around and they... (laughs) Of the our bill. So. The Sun
1: Prairie people never cease
2: to amaze me. That's a good group of people up there. Oh, I thought you were gonna come with a, a haymaker there, and whoa let's, really that, come let's after not come after Sun
1: Prairie. And, Sun Prairie, you, no, yeah. you kidding? It, it, I've said this before. It's like the fastest growing city in the in the state, isn't it? Or at least it was. A yeah, one years point. Ago. Yeah, I That's think crazy. you're right.
0: Think you're right. So, but the difference is here, Nate. To go back to your um, thing here, you can use Bitcoin. It has that currency light sort of thing. Like you can liquidate, basically, or you can send your Bitcoin, um, you know, and make a purchase. Yes. Unlike when, you know, if I had in my Cisco stock example, I can't just send, I guess I could, but I'm never going to do it. Send Cisco stock to make a purchase. Right. Right. So that's, that's what's so weird. And, And people ask us all the time, like, should I have an allocation to this asset class? And I'm like, I don't know. I I do personally, so I'll I'll just disclose what I own since I should, probably should, up Um You know, I use I use two exchanges. I use Coinbase and I use Voyager. Those are the two exchanges that I use. Um, and I have Ethereum and I have um, the Graph. Those are the two um, cryptocurrencies. I you've owned have others in the past. Like I have. I've, I've, <laughs> i after talking to Dan, I went on a little Doge coin run. Uh, thanks, Dan. Um, I you know I had Bitcoin at one time. I had Ethereum. I had Litecoin. Um, I've owned a couple other ones, um, you know. It's just, it's a situation where um, it's not. I don't think it's a huge negative to have some allocation to that. I and mean, in fact, I think in many cases it can help. You know, add some extra. You know, if it continues to do really well, you're going to participate a little bit in it. And if it gets crushed, well, you should be careful about how much you have in it. And I think it's just another piece of asset allocation. Some people allocate to. precious metals. Some people allocate to art. Some people allocate to cryptocurrencies. Some people allocate to private real estate. There are a bunch of different places and you just have to make sure that it fits into your own allocation and that you're working with a professional to design that for you. There's a little bit more access to with financial advisors now to assist in this sort of thing. Um, Personally, I do want to address this because I think it's going to become important. As we see ETFs roll out with Bitcoin, and other cryptocurrencies. Um, I don't know if there's a super compelling argument to be made to own the ETF. Why would you not just own the underlying asset? Um, you know, I think there's going to be layers of fees. I think there's ease of use to be able to buy some of this stuff. But uh, for me, I would probably rather see somebody just holding the the cryptocurrencies themselves through an exchange rather than have it in the ETF wrapper, um, unless the ETF is uh, particularly good at diversifying itself. So maybe it has 10 different cryptocurrencies right. inside of it. But otherwise, I don't know if there's a tremendously good use case there.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's, it's similar in my mind to <clears throat> some cases when you buy commodities. I mean, I think people confuse you. are not You're not buying the commodity when you buy it in an ETF. You're buying futures contracts.
0: In most cases. Uh, in yeah, most cases, cases yeah. right? Yeah.
1: And so I think that that's where it gets a little confusing because that disconnect can get real painful, real quick. If there is a, what we'll we'll call it wrinkle that happens in the market where, you know, somebody is, you know, jumping in front of those futures contracts before they expire and things like that. Or it's an
0: exchange traded note. It's actually like a a, a debt on this uh, company that's doing it. And if the uh, company goes out of business, then you could lose your... entire exchange trade. And notes. you go, wait a minute,
1: I own the currency. No, you don't own the currency. or excuse me. I own, I own the commodity. No, you don't. You own a piece of paper that represents what that commodity is potentially doing on a given day. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that that's the difference. And I think Bitcoin's interesting because first of all, we have coin in the name, right? So, so immediately you associate it with a currency, but investments are used to purchase things or can be better way to say it, uh, and have been for, a long, long time. We just don't think about it as uh, the way that we think about Bitcoin, right? If I want to go buy a $500,000 home, I can buy a $500,000 home with Google stock if I want to. I'm the buyer. That's the seller. If the seller is willing to take it in Google stock, okay, I bought it with Google stock. So the idea of exchanging you know, investments, tangible thing for tangible things is, I mean, that goes back as far as a barter system, Right. So that's the difference in my head when it comes to a currency. Because a currency, the fact that it has an, an agreed upon value, is what allows all of us to use it in in a in a in a non time related. It, the time doesn't have an impact on it, right? If I buy it today for a dollar or tomorrow for a dollar, that dollar is still worth a dollar. And that I think is the difference with Bitcoin: is that it ha- it it kind of it has its feet in two camps. It has its feet in currency and it has its feet in investments. And I think that's where
0: it gets tricky too. I think that you have to treat it in your allocation as a micro cap stock or yeah, it's exactly a Penny right. stock, yeah, it's an investment. Maybe penny stocks right. for a lot of the, like the right. you know, um, a lot of the other coins that are out there. Like yep. I own the graph. I understand the graph is just a penny stock, and right. that's fine. And you know, all these it is a
1: ones. speculative, um, you know, high risk, high, potential, high reward, potential high loss type of investment. And it's it it's the same advice that we would give to anybody that asks us about any type of, inv- of investment that has the same characteristics is that just be very careful. Don't allocate more than what you're comfortable losing. I mean, that that's how we have to look at it. And just because everybody knows Bitcoin doesn't make it any more safe, if you will, than any other very speculative, very highly volatile uh, investment.
0: Yeah. And if you're going to end up, you know, beating yourself up, Dan would call that FOMO. If you're going to have some FOMO uh, about it, you know, okay, well then allocate a little bit to it, but I mean, for myself, right? It's been anywhere from zero to like two percent of my net worth. I mean, I'm right. I'm not I'm not right in it big. That's just personally how I feel. Like I, I like to dabble because I know that my clients are going to ask me about it, but I also like some of the speculative aspects of it. But I don't. I'm not getting over allocated to it at all. Yeah. And I've never, you know, been a big like, hey, if this grew up a big, I'm going to take some gains off the table there. I I just right. I don't know. I, I struggle with uh, what it's actually worth in the use case for a lot of these things. Um, so I'm I'm a big like I'm all in on decentralized finance. I think it's awesome. I'm all in on how you know I do think that there's going to be a situation where somebody is going to have to work out the vacuum that we have for the underbanked, and then also the vacuum that we have between sending cross border payments easily yeah. without a lot of fees. Yeah. I think that that's where we're going to see this now whether it's done with one of these cryptocurrencies out there or not, I mean, I would probably say not. I think that, um, you know, you're going to see some, perhaps a digital dollar, you're going to see a digital yuan uh, sooner than the digital dollar probably. um, And things like that are going to come up and uh, we'll see what, what all, you know, shakes out with, uh, with how this all gets worked out. But I mean, even how we used to send money to one another, I mean, it it was not the way that we send money now. I mean, we yeah. send money back and forth all the time. You, you go out and you play a little golf, you owe somebody 20 bucks because you made a bet. And, you know, it's Venmo and PayPal with everything now. And yeah. that's just how it goes. And, you know, it's getting easier and easier to send money back and forth. So I would figure that'll persist.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that uh, this isn't anything new. I think that's a couple couple final points here as we wrap up. A, this is not new, right? There, there's been evolutions of the currency system has been happening You know, for the last however many you know hundreds of years, you want to look at of a society, right? I mean, I can't remember it was it was quite a while ago that the Nobel Prize was won. I believe it was in India for microloans that were um, developed and and um, uh, lifted, as Clinton was alluding to, kind of lifted people out of poverty because of the advent of microloans and kind of what those did for societies and how it allowed people to be able to kind of get themselves. Uh, where, where the financial system really wasn't designed to lift uh, people that are, were in those situations out of the situation they were in. Well, banks didn't want to touch it. Exactly. And yeah. So the advent of microloans and, and, and kind of where all of that came from. I mean, these are not, is not new that we have evolutions within, within, um, you know, how we handle currencies. Um, but the other thing I'll mention is we, we opened it kind of talking about gold as well. And I think People don't understand how volatile these things are just in general. Gold historically has a higher volatility measurement, standard deviation, uh, than does the S&P 500. And and, and in some cases, significantly higher, depending on the time frame that you look at. So the the idea that these are stable is not correct. It's just a different asset class that you're putting into your portfolio, and you just need to understand the characteristics of that asset class.
0: Yeah, and we love... We love a lot of these things as part of diversified portfolios. I mean, you know, some people love using precious metals and some people do the real estate and some people do others. I mean, it's fine. Right. Like it's just right. part of how you want right. to construct everything. And some people just go, I want stocks. I want 60 percent stocks and 40 percent right. bonds and I'm good. And whatever. Yeah.
1: As exotic as, as the instrument gets, it still falls under the same basic, boring, but very tried and true principles of understand how much risk it presents. Are you comfortable taking that level of risk? How much of your overall portfolio does it, does it uh, you know, uh, uh, represent? And, you know, so you you fall back on those same tried and true ways of, of evaluating it and you'll be fine. And it's just a matter of people get very, very comfortable, too comfortable because they see it in the media all the time and it gets them comfortable. They think, oh, well, it's, it's, this is, this is, established now. This is safe. Just because you see it in headlines does not mean that it is any more or less risky than any other investment that's out there.
0: That's right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Uh, don't get too used to, by the way, us uh, retracting anything that we say. I mean, come on.
1: Again, I, I still don't even know if it was warranted. First of all, you haven't signed any contracts yet or anything. Has money been paid yet? Not yet. Okay. Money not has yet. not been paid yet. It, although so this we're going is, back this was, a, this was a you know preemptive uh, you know, falling on the sword. So, uh, to those that that this benefits, um, you're welcome. I guess is, yeah. is how we would That's probably right. say. That's it. right. That's, That's just nice the guys.
2: transparency of Walkner Conner Network, right I there. I mean, is all that you is. know,
1: we're we're you know, we we, we like to live the uh, the the mottos that we preach. Thanks so much for listening to this uh, 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 eclectic, I'll call it, uh, podcast. To look back, uh, and we will be with you for more podcasts in the future.
2: Walkner Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Registration with the SEC does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walker and Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax legal or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation past performance is not indicative of future performance Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit wachnercondon.com.